podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today I'm joined by Mark as the two of us do our very best to replace the ever-entertaining As and Sam uh, on FPL q and um, I don't know if we can guarantee quite as many shenanigans, but As is not feeling too well. Uh, as uh, To be fair, there's a bug going around, isn't there? Um, and yes, I'm uh, just a bit busy with a few other things. So we thought we'd step in and we'll try our best to be as funny as we can, Mark. Do you feel the pressure already? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you, if you build up humour, it's never going to happen. So. <laughs> That's very true, yeah. We'll try not to force it too much today. Um, but yeah, as ever, we're here to answer some questions. Uh, it's, of course, the international break, so hoping you guys will forgive um, you know, the, the proverbial Gary Lineker being replaced by Mark Chapman on Match of the Day type situation that we've got going on here. Um, and so you guys uh, know... Uh, the drill by now get your questions in the chat we'll do our best to answer uh, as many as we can um and uh, it, but if you submit a uh, super chat then you get a guaranteed answer so that's the way to go if you want if you want us to definitely definitely answer it that's the way to do it um we've already got a few questions in the chat and a few comments in the chat as well um freddie's comment i think i just spotted you laughing at that one um I don't know if I'm going to read that one out. I don't know if I want to, to uh, you know, scar everybody. But yes, I completely agree. There is slightly less tension here of a certain yeah. kind between myself and Mark. Um, but we could, we, we will do our best to work on that um, just to make things more um, entertaining. Um, comment from SoCan in the chat, also very true. FPL never sleeps. It, it was, of course, the international break, and yet here we are. Thing is, though, it has been quite a quiet week, and I, and I imagine it's been quite a quiet one for, well, quieter than usual for the editorial department. So what's... Uh, What's it been like? We always enjoy these international breaks, so I'm guessing you're the same, Mark. We do, yeah. I mean, some people sort of use it, of course, to, to get much-needed annual leave-in, but certainly from an editorial point of view, it's a chance to focus on quality rather than quantity. Like, on a, on a regular week, um, you just fire the articles out, and of course, they are very good. There is a quality to them, but certainly this week, we've had been able to spend more time on some real deep dives in the in a certain topics and you know hopefully hopefully they're being enjoyed but you know. yeah well maybe the maybe the viewers can let us know if, if the content in the international break has been enjoyed it, i can empathize with you completely the video has been very much the same when you get that humdrum kind of one game week to the next and you just need to get everything out sometimes when you get to the international break more opportunity just to kind of like think with the cool ahead go that little bit um extra level deeper and we've done a few done a few videos like that uh, myself so I've done one on Cole Palmer for example Pedro Neto I've just finished recording one on Erling Haaland as well um the do you go with him do you go without I can't believe we're even talking about it but we are so we've got to answer those questions and we've done some some good data dives on that I'm anticipating there being some questions on that today so it'll be interesting to see um what people get in touch with um but yeah before we dive into the questions uh, we've got, as ever, lots of housekeeping to get through. So uh, first things first, of course, is that if you've not already signed up for your Fantasy Football Scout membership, the international break is one of the best times to do it. Because if you're bored with the fact that there's no Premier League football on, uh, then, of course, having access to the members area, a good opportunity to go in and sort of play around with the tools and uh, the tables and the maps there will be very, very useful. You can still save up to 30% on those preseason prices as well. Um, furthermore, um, we are also very grateful for the fact that we've been... Uh, 
uh, nominated for Best in Fantasy Football Editorial. So if you would like to vote for us uh, in the final voting, I actually don't know when that ends. I do apologise. Mark may have more of an idea. Uh, but get your votes in uh, for us uh, if, if you would like to. Of course, we appreciate um, any support. And finally, we have, of course, a message from our sponsor. Today's video is sponsored by uh, Betway. Um, it is the principal betting partner of West Ham and betting partner of Brighton. On Fridays, they announce heroes for the weekend. Bet £10 on player markets, top scorer of the heroes, and they will credit a £1 free bet for every point up to £20. Uh, they're also running giveaways, which include shirts for West Ham at Brighton. We know not everyone gambles, which is something we take very seriously. That's why on our website we have a filter. It means you can opt out of the gambling ads. And for those who do enjoy it, do so responsibly and safely. There's more info about Betway in the description. You have to be 18 and over. And of course, uh, we encourage everyone to gamble responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Well, there we are. That is all of the, uh, the housekeeping out of the way. Uh, as ever, there's always quite a lot to get through, even in the international break. Let's dive into some of these questions then. A reminder that if you want a guaranteed answer, Super Chat is the way to go. Otherwise, um, just lob your questions in and we'll just we'll pick out uh, as many as we can. Now, I have to actually come back to Sokan here. Uh, I want to th- thank him for a lovely comment. Um, apparently, my name is Mr. David Yammy Defence. I'm guessing he means Jammy Defence because um, I, had, I had Van de Ven this week. I, I had Anderson the week before. Big double figure hauls from differential defenders. Any defender recommendations? And then he's he's followed that up with with three love hearts. So, um, yeah, we'll start with defenders. Then, um, what, what's your defensive situation right now, Mark? Is there anyone you wish you had that you don't have? Anyone um, you've got your eye on? Um, well, I, I've just wild carded in uh, in game week eight. I'm just looking at the ranks on on the screen there, and very jealous of yours. I was pretty much at that position after game week five, and then it just completely went wrong. So wild-carded, and over the, over the last few years, a wild-card soon becomes a red arrow for me. That's like a horrible habit. But no, this this time it, it was a decent first week, and there's no real regrets already. I'm quite pleased with having Cash and uh, Udogi. Um, had Gabriel had his points on the bench against Man City. That was annoying. Um, now that he's dropped down to 4.7 million, it feels like you can sort of take that risk a bit more. I think the only defender I don't have that I would want is having Trippier over Burn, but that was the sacrifice made to get the other expensive guys in. Uh, yeah, that is the sort of issue right now is that when we're recommending defenders, we've all of a sudden come into a situation where it's like Trippier versus Salah, which is the oddest 50-50 uh, I've seen in a while because they obviously don't play the same position. We talked a little bit about that on the latest episode of General's Orders in terms of reflecting on what it's like to have those two different team types of teams. Um, largely, to be honest, it's kind of like it doesn't really make a difference. So what's really interesting is that both myself and General feel like we're having seasons that we're happy with. We've sort of had a fairly solid-ish start. We're about 200k rank apart, which right now is not very much. And he is um, no Salah and has Trippier. And I'm no Trippier and have Salah. Um, And so it seems to be working out. Um, I actually was going to mention, Gabrielle, I think that weirdly Arsenal have come back around and very much are kind of the team that people might want to consider investing in again. Timing is going to be important because we're just looking at the season ticker. The fourth highest on defensive um, fixture difficulty over the next six. Um, one of those is Chelsea. Now, Chelsea admittedly haven't exactly been doing very well uh, offensively this year. But of course, you know, big London derby, you'd sort of expect there to be 
you know, at least an intention to score a goal from Chelsea. So I'd be a bit nervous about starting an Arsenal defender there. But from game week 10 onwards, you've got Sheffield United at home, then you've got Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home. And so while I wouldn't sign uh, an Arsenal player for game week 9, I would be quite happy signing one for game week 10 and then rotating him. And you've already mentioned he's down to 4.7 now. So he is arguably much more rotatable than he was at 5 million. So... um it's an interesting one. Other other teams that are near the top of the season ticker include like West Ham and Newcastle, but in many ways, and so Aston Villa, sorry. In many ways, those are kind of obvious. You know, I kind of feel like everybody knows what they need to know about cash. Everybody knows what they need to know about Newcastle. It's really Arsenal that are sort of um, coming to the table as a sort of differential defensive uh, asset, which is odd in a way because they were highly talked about at the start of the season, but they've got through this difficult patch and actually look in quite good shape defensively, don't they? Well, even, even some of those fixtures that are coming up, like, Yes, Chelsea have turned it around with a couple of wins, but it was September two weeks ago, and they didn't score a league goal throughout September. So, you know that that they could easily return back to that. Um, I can tell you from a Newcastle perspective, Newcastle didn't score against Arsenal in either of last year's two games. So even that, in fairness, could have clean sheet potential. And then around that is the nice looking fixtures. So, yeah, Arsenal sat on top on four clean sheets alongside Crystal Palace. Um, so they have been doing well and their fixtures suggest that they will keep doing well. I'm glad you've mentioned uh, Crystal Palace because that is an opportunity for me to uh, continue to mention the hero that is Joachim Anderson. Just what a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Um, Palace's fixtures still are nice and I haven't had a chance to double check if the Palace Villa rotation is still on. It was It was working in the first six and now... It seems to be working, uh, but I haven't double-checked how it lines up. But, you know, a Palace defender still makes a lot of sense in a rotation because Newcastle away, Spurs at home, not great. But then Burnley away, Everton at home, Luton away. And as you've mentioned there, they have been one of the more reliable teams for clean sheets so far. So um, I, don't, I think Anderson's maybe 4.8 now, so he's potentially rising out of, of what people would consider a budget rotation price. But I think Gay is still 4.5 either of the fullbacks maybe and and by the way don't think I'm trying to put people off Anderson like you know get your hands off his mind that's not I'm happy to share him it's just that as he gets more expensive he just might not be as realistic for people so um yeah do consider Crystal Palace um let's move on to um a question that I've seen in a lot of places actually we've talked about Arsenal a team that was sort of in demand and then they weren't and then they might be again um another team like that is Brighton um started the season with those really nice first three fixtures gone off the boil from an FPL perspective um with a couple of well they performed better than we expected and so now when their fixtures are coming back good again Interest in Matoma, for example. So, N says Son or Madison down to Matoma in game week 10. So, what do you make of that one, Mark? Um, well, the, the only problem with that is we've already seen uh, Matoma on this day that he was benched, he did come on and score twice. But if we assume that that won't always happen, we've already seen from the Zerbi throughout the squad that he's going to rotate, rotate, rotate. And while FPL managers might see those nice games as a time to jump on Brighton players deserve. You might see those games as a good time to rotate. So it's hard to say, really. I do quite like Matoma. Started off the season with him, but there's such there's such a competitive market right now, those midfield spots, that somebody has to miss out. And if Matoma's not guaranteed the minutes every week, uh, 
then that's there's like there's logic to not go in that route. But he is a he is a good option because Brighton is such an attacking team. Uh, underlying stats are good. The goal scorers. I don't think any team is at either at both ends of the pitch. No team's been involved in more goals than Brighton, so uh, it's not good news for their defense. But uh, going forward, they've got nobody to fear. Yeah, very true. As you say, it is just sort of kind of trying to pinpoint who is the one to go for. I guess there's kind of two parts to this question, though, because I suppose, you know, he's he's offered up as potential sacrificial lambs or perhaps sacrificial cockerels in this case, Son and Madison as ways to get to him. And there are a number of people already looking at ways of getting off that double up, myself included. I don't have Saka right now and Son feels like the obvious way to get back to him once I've got these tricky Arsenal fixtures out of the way. Maybe we've got a clearer picture of his injury situation. Game week 10, Arsenal, of course, at home, Sheffield United. So that's something I'm thinking of. Um, we, we obviously don't know what the rest of his team is, but I suppose, as I said, the second half of the question here is, um, let's just say, for example, that we... Let's, let's imagine a parallel universe where we know Matoma is going to start, because I know that that's a challenging one. But whoever it is, let's say it's a Brighton midfielder, do you use your Spurs midfielders to go there? Or are there other players who are sort of... let's say, in the template that you feel are more worthy of being sacrificed for a Matoma? Uh, effectively, it's kind of like a, do I hold the Spurs double up or not, I guess is part two of the question. Yeah, because the other argument you can make with Spurs is, even if you're planning to take their players out um, in, in a few weeks' time, you could argue that they're, the way they are right now, sort of top of the league, unbeaten, uh, that their players you probably shouldn't be selling their players at all. Um, arguably, I, there's a bit of fixture proofness to them. So selling them at all, never mind moving them to Matoma, that 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 could be quite difficult to pull off. But if, if you're talking about other midfielders like Diaby or, or Bowen or someone like that, like Mbumo, um, could they be moved to Matoma? Those are sort of fair moves to make, I would say. Hmm. And Burmo is probably the most likely player on my team to become Matoma if that needs to happen. Um, I did a video on him going into game week nine, kind of outlining that Brentford's fixtures actually. Uh, it's the next, uh, it's, it's two of the next three. Burnley at home is the real test. Um, if I get nothing from him there, and then of course you get that switch for, for Brighton in game week 10, that seems to be like when I would do it. If Burmo gets back to what he's good at, getting points, getting penalties, etc. against Burnley, then it makes me more inclined to maybe hold him against West Ham in game week 11 because West Ham's defence has actually been quite poor this season. Ariola is kind of papering over the cracks, which I, you could argue is the job of a goalkeeper anyway. But um, yeah, it, everyone is different, right? With 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 uh, Spurs guys, they're looking at... I'm looking at them being my Saka um, and then if I want Matoma it'll be Mbomo and I need to just I need more information let's see how regular uh, we feel Matoma will be let's see how reliable Mbomo can get back to is kind of the things I'm looking at for there can I just add right I'm looking at I've just seen um, myself on the camera there and the faces I'm pulling they look so angry <laughs> I'm sorry like on the inside <laughs> On the inside, it's it's happy and it's it's agreement, but on, on the camera, it just looks horrible. So oh, sorry, that's just the thinking face. You got you got yeah, you got resting unhappy face. Everybody knows what that's actually called, but I'm not saying it on this. Um, yeah, yeah, we sorry. um, it's it's okay. Everybody everybody is guilty of of that at some point in their life. I sort of have it as well. I, I've I've often been accused 
um, when I'm hanging out with friends of being sort of like grumpy and sort of or looking grumpy and sort of a bit fed up and all that. No, I'm fine. I'm just kind of sat here contented inside my head. But if I look upset, well, you know, maybe that's your fault. No, I'm joking. Well, let's let's see if we can cheer you up a little bit. Um, <laughs> on the outside as well by talking about the magpies uh talking about newcastle and um, we've got a question from fpl Bighead who says uh, any chance that anderson from newcastle will continue getting minutes now he was talked about a lot in preseason, wasn't he, he was doing really well in the summer uh, but I think we kind of anticipated he probably wasn't going to start most games when the premier league came around but there has been a slight bump of late so yeah what do you think there yeah he's i think last season he was sort of being hyped up and big things were expected, but he just didn't get the minutes because um, there was no European competition and the guys in midfield were doing a good job and there wasn't really much rotation going on. But yeah, he had a good preseason, more competitions, a few injuries, and he started the last four league games in a row. But And there's so few 4.5-ish midfielders out there. So I can totally get why Anderson has been considered, but I don't think beyond the international break, when the injuries clear up, I, I don't think he's going to continue getting these minutes. Joe Linton's going to come back. Joe Willock, hopefully, he, he's been a bit forgotten because he hasn't played this season, but uh, he's he's a big player and he should be back soon-ish. So, no, I wouldn't say Anderson keeps getting these minutes. And and really, the real Mr. Anderson, of course, uh, is Jay Anderson over at Crystal Palace. Let's not forget that. Um, ah, yeah, that as well. Yeah, you know. Um, let's stick with, with Newcastle then, because uh, one of the questions that has come in quite a lot, um, and I had loads of questions about him specifically on the Neto video I did a couple of days ago, uh, Anthony Gordon or Neto, because it is a bit of an either-or. You don't really want to have both, because they're kind of in the same price point, and nobody really wants to... We'll, we'll call that. We'll refer to them as five point five million midfielders. I know that they're not. They've risen out slightly out of that category, but that's that's where they are. Nobody really wants them both. Probably want one or uh, maximum. But it's it's quite hard to pick between them uh, in many ways. Um, you can be biased, by the way. If you want to turn around and shout away the lads, you know, and start singing Anthony Gordon's name, that's fine. I can do the Neto counterpoint, but. Um, yeah, is it, is this an issue that you've had in your team? So I, I, off the top of my head, I, I can't recall who you've got in your midfield. I, I don't know if you've got either of them or considered them. I've got Neto. Okay. Oh, and interesting. Okay. <laughs> it did well. I sort of picked it and was really reluctant. I was thinking, not this again. Don't really believe in him as as good as he's been. But in fairness, he he did get an assist in the first match, so he's 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 got Bournemouth next. So yeah, that that's going okay. Gordon was definitely being considered. Um, and then when he was suspended at the weekend, just play Archer. Although it would be nice if Gabriel four four two in in hindsight. But um, yeah, Gordon's an interesting option now that he's back from suspension, and and Barnes is still injured for a couple of months, a couple more months. Um, he's 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 another one who's had a great summer. And he's come back a, a transformed player, and yeah, he is a very good option. Arguably the pick off the midfielders around that 5-5 five, five area. Him and Neto are, are the two standard options. Um, he, I wouldn't say he's guaranteed minutes though because when, when Joe Linton does come back and, and Willock does come back, those two in particular had this habit last season of one of them would one of them would be on the left wing, one of them would be left of the midfield three and they just keep swapping throughout the match and that worked really well. So 
once they're both back, uh, that could definitely be uh, brought back into play, and 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 Gordon could could be rested for some of the Champions League matches. But um, he, he probably will get most minutes and most starts. So biasness aside, maybe Gordon over Neto. Yeah, you, d- you did very well there. You did a very good job of remaining objective. Uh, I appreciated that. Um, I-, I think, I think, I think I'm Neto over Gordon just um, because there's a few things. So the fixtures are better for Wolves. So they're higher than Newcastle on the season ticket at the moment for attacking potential over the next six. Bournemouth away. Then they do face each other. And actually, to be honest, in that game, I would prefer Gordon. But then you know, Wolves also have Sheffield United away, um, Spurs at home, Fulham away, Arsenal away. Uh, that is better than Newcastle's fixtures because they've got to play Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, uh, Crystal Palace as well. You know, they've got to get past the real Mr. Anderson, which is harder than uh, many think. So there are more challenging fixtures in Newcastle. They've got more plates to spin. Um, the, the interesting thing about um, Neto, and I will obviously just do a little bit of a preview of the video I did the other day. If you want more information on Neto specifically, go watch that. But um, he's obviously heavily involved in the set pieces. And Bournemouth and Sheffield United, two of his next three opponents, are in the bottom three for chances conceded from set plays so far this season. Neto is more of an assist man. Um, Gordon is, is no slouch creatively. They've actually both created the same number of big chances this season, which is crazy when you think about it. They've both created five each, uh, which I think is the joint second best in the whole division behind... Oh, no, sorry, it's the joint third best behind only Madison, Trippier and Salah. So pretty fine company, let's be honest, um, for those two. Um, interestingly enough, Neto's had more shots in the box than Gordon, um, but he's had fewer shots on target, but has a higher XGI. <laughs> so the stats themselves are sort of kind of... Um, much of a muchness they're sort of like one's ahead in one the other one's ahead in another but I think the fixtures are better for Neto and I think Neto that... hasn't blanked he hasn't blanked in six matches either so he's yeah. on a good streak he's so much more important to that team as well and that's not to say that Gordon's not good but Newcastle clearly have much better strength and depth which for FPL expected minutes is not a good thing um, so yeah Neto's gonna, is going to start most games and yeah really solid really solid exciting potentially explosive matchups in the next two uh, two of the next three, I should say. Um, so, yeah, that's quite a good one. Qu- quite a few questions in the chat now about Haaland, so we probably have to address this now, uh, even if we're, both of us are maybe thinking, why? Why is, why is this here? But we, I understand why, I understand why. Um, there's two or three of you, um, so I, I, I'm not going to go through and find all your names. I do apologise because there's so many of you asking this question. Maybe I'll try and find the one I throw to, to Mark um, to get his views on a no Haaland team. Again, I'm really sorry. I should know this. Did, did Harland, did he, was he on your wild card? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's cool. Stuck with him. Okay. Yeah, so um, obviously, I'm going to guess you, you are somebody who wants to hold Harland. But did it ever cross your mind to go without him on that wild card? And what would you say to people considering getting rid of him? Well, I was nervous when I was writing that piece for Scout asking could managers go without Harland. I was trying not to let the bias come through too much because in my head, I've, I've never considered it at all but uh, you had to play devil's advocate and, and play both sides a bit but um, no I, I never really considered it because ultimately even though he I think he's got one goal in five all competitions so it is a bit poor for him I think he had a spell like this last season and, and then he replied in Erling Haaland style so I'm pretty confident it's it's going to happen again Brighton might even captain him against Brighton, such as their defence right now. So uh, the question is, what could you do with that money? If you if you 
go for Alvarez over Haaland and you've got 7 million spare there. What can you do with that? And I don't know, just in my opinion, like I don't want Trent. I don't want Fernandez because there's so many other good midfielders out there. Maybe Trippier, maybe, but it's that doesn't use much of the 7 million. So money-wise, it wasn't urgent and his ownership is so high that, yeah, we, we don't benefit from his hauls because everybody, so many have him, but you'll certainly feel it if you don't have him. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a defensive move in many ways uh, still. Uh, just to clarify, it was it was Janil and Cesar Jr. who asked about this. So thank you for the question. Um, you are keeping us honest in many ways because as Mark says, he did an article on it recently. If you've not had a chance to go read that, it is fantastic. Go and have a look. Um, I've just finished recording a video on that, which is going out later tonight. Um, and we both, by the sounds of it, had the same problem. We're both sat there, Harland owners. We've got no intention of getting rid of him. And we absolutely have to try and give the other side of the coin uh, as strong a case as we can. But it's very hard. It's, it's really difficult to to really entertain it. And if I'm honest, I'm actually largely looking forward to in this couple of game weeks when I, I'm probably also going to captain Han quite a lot of the time because there's so many people moving away from him. I think that it's it's a dangerous time. As you said, he responded really well to that. I think it was one goal in four games between, what was it? Something like 14 and, and, and 18 last season. And then it was like 80 points or something stupid in the eight games that came after that, like nine goals, four assists crazy numbers and the big thing for me is Rodri's back you know like in many ways the the blanks we've seen in the last two games have come because he's not been there um one of the things I went into in this video is the difference between Man City's numbers in pretty much every aspect of football defensively possession wise creativity goal threat everything dived off a cliff for those two games even though that run contained Wolves it did contain Arsenal, but it did also contain Wolves. So the drop-off shouldn't have been as big as it was. Such is Rodri's importance to the team. So when you look mm. at the numbers for Haaland and City in the games, like on one side, games one through six where he's in the team and the numbers are insane, and then when he's not there, they're terrible, it means that from game week nine, we should actually be expecting Man City and Haaland to operate like they did in game weeks one through six because Rodri's coming back. So with him yeah. back in the team that's going to make a huge difference. And that is one of the reasons why I want to captain uh, Haaland for game week nine. And, and I don't want to sound opportunistic, but if everybody, if there's a few people who aren't going to captain him, that makes me think, Oh, great. Nice. <laughs> I'll actually maybe get a green arrow. I've captained him. Might for once, actually so. get some gain from it. Finally. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah. Um, in fact, that article has a table that has um, last season and this season side by side for things like shots per 90, big chances per 90, XG per 90, stuff like that. And he he was so phenomenal last season. And his stats are basically as good as, like, you know, he's better in a few, worse in a few. It, it kind of evens out. So he does cost a lot more money than last season. But uh, ultimately, if you can't find much to do with that money, then I just don't think there's really a reason. Hmm. So You have to bet against him. I think that's the thing is, even if you can build a decent team, it's what you stand to lose if he if he hauls, because if that effective ownership remains really high, <clears throat> pardon me, um, you have to hope that he's going to blank for it to actually work. Because if it if he if you've got the best non Harland team and it succeeds, and Harland also succeeds, like what was the point? Because it'll probably just even out, and then all you've really done is create yourself 
undue levels of stress every time Man City takes to a football pitch. Um, <laughs> that's, I see that as best case scenario in a world where he is performing. His stats are unreal compared to basically everybody else. So, um, yeah. I mean, that said, Tom in the chat does say that it's been very freeing not having him. So maybe it just depends on your playing style. If it was me, I'd be terrified every time Man City kicked a ball. But uh, if you're the sort of person who, who isn't terrified by pathetic things like a football match and you're more of an adult than me and you can sort of, you know, um, <laughs> put FBL in a nice little box and not let it, um, you know, dictate how you feel every day, then maybe it's going to be okay. But like, I just, uh, I don't know, I just feel like in terms of a roll of a dice, it's like trying to roll a hard six every time for that to be successful it's definitely good for the game i think that people are asking this question and that people are i know i think seb seb from uh scoutcast i think well carded without yes that harland a couple of the hall of famers did the same thing and it, it's it's good that we're sort of thinking like that because it it does sort of make the game a bit more fun and yeah it could be quite freeing freeing to, to not have him um, it's possible to be successful both ways. I know a few years ago, sort of did a deep dive into the final top 10 in FPL um, managers a few years back. And one of them basically never had Salah. And he, he was still right up the top. Well, so like, there's always a way. Like It is possible to be brilliant without Haaland. <laughs> so I don't want to sit on the fence with the answer, but it is possible both ways. Uh, I just prefer that way yeah i think it, i mean it's it's more possible this season than it was last season i think that's the main thing is that it, it's just that difference in price i mean the thing is um one of the things i looked at for the video was the fact that his value is rubbish it's really bad it's like it's like 3.9 points per million spent um and you've got people like watkins it's like seven or eight and I, I think there was something like 15 strikers that offer better points per million spent than him and that's just amongst strikers just amongst the forwards um so it is more viable this season, but it's 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 just a case of what that means for your team. Even if he's low value in terms of money to output, doesn't mean he's not going to hurt you if he's not there because because the captaincy has to come into that. So yeah, um, it's good for the game. Completely agree. We've got a bit of a captaincy rotation coming up in the next couple of weeks, maybe with four guys all involved: Saka, Son, Salah, Haaland, um, or Shh. If you um, use an alg- and a little, uh, <laughs> what's it called? The uh, we use the first letter of everybody's names. I've forgotten what that's called now. Someone's going to remind what? me in the chat. Um, acronym. Acronym. That's it. The acronym for those guys is. Shh. There we go. Um, moving on. Um, we have seen a little bit about Trent. Uh, so uh, Janelle says expecting Trent uh, clean sheet and assist in uh, three at least to outscore Harland in the next six. Uh, what do you think there? I mean, he's everybody's so busy trying to work out if they can get Trippier in kind of forgetting that Liverpool's fixtures are looking good um what would your thoughts be on Trent as a potential differential yeah I sort of instantly dismissed them earlier at the start of the at the start of the Harland question um and yeah on, on the other side of it he does have brilliant games and we all know what he can offer in attack Liverpool have this habit of going one nil down at the moment that's the thing like in a lot of games sort of going one nil down, often turning it around. But uh, w- without the clean sheets coming in, I think, is it just one so far this season? I still so think sometimes it, if you're going to get a defender, even if he's very attacking, there's still got to be some clean sheet ability in there. But the games, even for Liverpool, 
those games do have clean sheet potential. Even if Everton, did you see that stat about Everton being number two for like goal attempts and things yeah. like that? Yeah, they're ahead of Man City and everything. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So even if they concede in the derby, you know, it's Forest, Luton. Not long after that, Fulham, Sheffield United. There's got to be at least a couple of clean sheets in there. And knowing Trent, there'll be a couple of attacking returns. Yeah, he, he could do it. And if, if you do go without Haaland, then you may as well have Trent because you're going to have so much money. Yeah. It'd be rude not to have Trent if you go without Haaland. He's the sort of player you should have. You need to really like Trent to go not not Haaland. I think um, I think Robertson. He seems to be doing better in terms of chances, like minutes per chance, stuff like that. He's he's been. I think he's the team leader for Liverpool for chances created, things like that. I know Trent has missed a couple of, um, but even when you do it per ninety or minutes per that sort of thing, um, Robertson still comes out on top. So that could be a another route to take. Well, yeah, he's. Uh... Eight points ahead of him at the moment. Twenty-six points for Robertson, eighteen for Alexander, as you mentioned. Some absences in there, um, but yeah, I would love to see Robertson come back into um, the situation because he was—he was, he was oh, one of my favourite players back in the day when he was in his heyday. Um, Brian has got in touch to offer us up another acronym um, for his team: Watkins, Ariola, Son, and Harland, otherwise known as Wash. Um, so yeah, a nice uh, squeaky clean team for you, my friend. Um, if you've got any other acronyms for your team, do let us know. We do enjoy those. Um, Freddie's just uh, mentioning in the chat that the top two in the world don't have Haaland right now. My comment on that is not to suggest that... I mean, so that is interesting to know, but you have to sometimes know exactly how to contextualise these things. I was having a look at some live FPL stuff, and there's, there's fewer managers in the top 10K right now who have Haaland than outside the top 10K have Haaland. And the reason why that is the case is because they went without Haaland and he blanked for two games. Um, that's kind of why. Um, and, and, and that, in my opinion, doesn't mean necessarily that going without Haaland is the right strategy. It just means that it was rewarding for people over the last two. What we're trying to assess is, is it going to continue to be rewarding in the future? And I would argue that with Rodri back in the team, I just don't think it will be. I would, I'll keep an eye on that. Freddie, I'm happy for you to, to at me on Twitter or something for us to keep an eye on that for next week. If next week, after game week nine, the top two in the world still don't have Haaland, um, I'd say I'd offer you a, a pint, but I have no idea where you live. So. <laughs> um, but I just, I kind of just feel like with the way that, that City are going to come back, I think they're going to come back well. It's, it's always basically kind of indicative of the past rather than necessarily indicative of the future. Like, for example, right now, the top 10K is going to be filled with people who play triple captains, bench boosts, free hits. And time will show that playing them at that time was probably the wrong decision. So um, that's more of an extreme example because I don't think Haaland, without Haaland over the last two, was the wrong decision. Um, it was one that worked, obviously, but it's just how much longevity is there to uh, um, that idea. Um, we've got a question from Zubin. He says, um, well, it's actually not a question. It's just a statement, but I'm going to turn it into a question. Unpopular opinion, hold the United mids. So let's talk about the United midfielders. They're at home against, I think, is it Burnley? Oh, no, is it, sorry, Sheffield United. It's a, it's a very um, favourable fixture, this. Bruno and Rashford on people's chopping blocks uh, for a long time. Um, oh, sorry, Freddie is just pointing out that it was just an observation, uh, agreed, I'm not going without him. Well, it sounds like we can agree to shake hands um, <laughs> and move forward with the same opinion. I'm glad that um, I'm glad you've clarified that. Thank you very much, Freddie. Um, but yeah, sorry, just back to United. Very much been on the chopping block for people. A lot of people don't have them anymore. 
a lot of people have held on to them because they've showed some promise and just not quite delivered. And this Sheffield United game is not helpful, is it? So, what would you do? Ah, these these guys. The until until the wild card last week, it was one of those who just kept on to them both, just thinking every single week. Well, this this game they'll do it. This game they they have the fixture this week. They have the fixture this week, but they just never. They never did. So yeah, like Sheffield United could truly be the fixture. And like if you if you're not wildcarding this week, you may as well keep them one more time. But uh beyond that, I think I think Luton is soon after, but see there's so many midfielders out there. Like if you if you have one or two of these Manchester United midfielders, is, is that restricting Tottenham? Is that going to restrict Saka? Um, so some of these other guys, it, there's a lot out there, and they might have a couple of good fixtures coming up, but they've just been such a letdown. The, the, the underlying stats are they're underperforming so much compared to them, which could be looked at in two ways. I know, like. They're, they're definitely duo hall, but also they were duo hall last week, and they were duo hall the week before. Yeah, and it's just not happening. They've been duo hall for some time. Yeah, I mean, I think I would hold. I'd be very surprised if you got them both. Still, I'd be. I imagine you've got one of it, one of them, but either Rashford or Fernandez. I would hold that guy for this week, Fernandez especially because of his involvement in the set of pieces and Sheffield United are just the worst team for that, Cassini Hedges as well. I mean, Rashford is definitely worth holding too because I mean, I was just going back and looking at those fixtures and it is annoying because we've been doing this when we answer this question all season. But um, Sheffield United away, Fulham away and Luton at home are three of the next four. Now, game week 10 is at home to Man City. Now, the thing about Manchester derbies is that the form book... I mean, all the derbies, to be honest, the form book goes out the window. We've seen United be in terrible form and then go and stun Man City at the Etihad. I think if this game was at the Etihad, I'd be more inclined to hold a Rashford. Um, I think there's still possible opportunities here for a United attacker, um, just simply because it's the derby. I don't, I'm not seeing anything in Man City that makes me think they're particularly susceptible to United right now. It's just, it's derby day. But it's Old Trafford, so yeah, I don't know. Rashford is more likely to be the sort of player who can punish Man City because he's a fast attacking winger who can get behind defences it's a tricky one Fernandez is an easier hold because of the next game coming up and Fulham and Luton are not exactly great from defending set pieces um, it's an annoying place to be I, I, I can say this with some freedom because I don't own them but I think I would hold them um, Tom O'Connell says I feel Hoyland is going to take off at some point still waiting so and I mean no one's going to sign him right now but <laughs> have you got your eye on him hoping it'll help out in some way, I thought about it in in the in the wild card week. So just was so desperate for decent forwards, but like outside of Harlands, Watkins, Alvarez, and did think about that as a, as a way to cover those two midfielders. But he's risen in price twice and hasn't brought in any returns yet, which I find interesting. Yeah. Uh, Maybe people so, think so, it's Haaland. It's like when you buy Haaland off Wish. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, although mixing the red for light blue is... Oh, is that's true. But, um, yeah, so he's, he's risen price and twice, which shows that people maybe are expecting him to, to finally take off, yeah. But, uh, you know, if, if there's a reason why you can't have Watkins 
and sort of don't want to double up with Alvarez, yeah, he could be the next. He could be the the next one after that. Perhaps he's interesting differential. Hmm. I'm hoping he does something at some point because yeah, it'd be nice to own him. I think. Um, been a while since there's been a decent United forward for us to own at that sort of price. Um, we'll take one more question, which is a bit more open-ended, but a little bit different to usual, which is why I want to take it. It's from Benjamin Walsh, who simply says, why is FPL so addictive? So I'm keeping you on your toes with this one. Not normally the kind of question we'd face. Um, so yeah, take us away, Mark, <laughs> with some why psychology. Why is FPL so addictive? Um... <sighs> Yeah, that's a man who doesn't know. He's like, I hate this game. <laughs> I, I, well, honestly, I, I, I really, in a way, do, <laughs> but in a way, but in a way, don't. It's, it's it's a tough one. Why is it so addictive? I think when you when you when you think about it, it's a free game with millions of others, and what? Even if you have a good season, there's still going to be like thousands who have done better. So when when you break it down like that. And all the stress it puts you through on the weekend, and all the all the checking the live score apps, it does make you think, why? <laughs> why are we doing this? Um, uh, probably nope. should be promoting our content a bit more. I was, well, I mean, was going to say, no wonder you looked uh, earlier on. You felt you looked angry. You've just, you've, <laughs> if anything, this was a counselling session, and we just let all the viewers in. Yeah, exactly. On the one hand, why are we doing this? On the other hand, <laughs> please keep checking out Scout. Um, <laughs> Yeah, why is it so addictive? Because we love football and the human brain is naturally competitive. Well, if you're in mini leagues with mates and stuff, that's an obvious reason, isn't it? You want to beat your mates. I love that there was such a stressed look on your face. Like, was I convinced? Like, we love football. Um, Was that convincing enough? (laughs) But I totally understand. I understand. It is a game of love and hate. That's for sure. It's like when a certain betting company, uh, their their catchphrase was, "It matters more when there's money on it." Yeah, like the FPL. It's like, well, the boring, like Crystal Palace nil, Nottingham Forest nil, suddenly matters. Yeah, well, uh, replace in that little analogy, money with with pride, which arguably yeah. is is a stronger currency for most human beings. To be honest, um, Sushant says in the chat, uh, it's just the rush of having picked a correct call. FPL Gov says uh, it's a game within a game, plus the rise and fall helps it look like a stock market. And Greg Frost says it's basically free gambling, which you know I think we could agree with all of those. Um, you're absolutely right, uh, and I think I agree with you in that the human brain is naturally competitive. I think FPL is. Where I think we probably all got into it as a gateway was with our mates. We all are much more geared towards a good OR now because, you know, the game has just moved on uh, in a way that sort of, you know, worked out really nicely uh, for for the Premier League and for Fantasy Football Scout, we have to say as well. Um, but where we where we all got into it was you always wanted to feel like you were the guy that understood football better than all of your mates did. If you were the one that could accurately predict a game or whatever, um, you felt big. You would be watching the game and you'd say, I think it's going to be 3-2. And uh, one of your mates would say, I think it's going to be 2-1 to the other team. Another one says it's going to be a draw. And then 3-2 is exactly the score that happened. You almost feel like within that realm of sort of like um, football culture that you've almost kind of like, you know, achieved an extra point of status. You know, that's kind of what's going around your brain. And so... FPL is a really good way of gamifying and rewarding that particular part of the human brain. Um, and, and and then it can, you know, um, culminate in, as Freddie says, um, magic moments, like beating your boss on the last day to take 
<laughs> the prize money for your mini league, things like that. Um, and, and I notice now that Mark is actually deliberately holding his cheeks out to make it look like he's actually smiling. So um, clearly I've done, my, <laughs> I've done my job properly. <laughs> it just looked so horrible at first. Anyway, yeah. It's just, ah, oh, I'm going to have to sort that out. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, beating your boss on the last day, absolutely, stuff like that. And also the, the reply um, from Sushant, um, the rush of having picked a correct call, like it, it's nice to feel like you're knowledgeable. It, it's to sort of, to have a thought, apply logic to that decision, and then watch that decision pay off. Like that is nice. That mm. is that it makes you feel good about yourself maybe when it works. So a bit of self-confidence from that as well, because you, you probably grow up thinking, I love football. I'm a football expert. You know, every, every football fans are saying, you know, we all think we're experts, don't we really? And, <laughs> and this is a way of kind of. It's validation, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is just worth pointing out. I'm just going to get slightly serious for a second here as well. Sometimes people do lean into that a bit too much. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that's me or you, but I know there's people out there who sort of, as much as the it going well is a sense of validation, sometimes the sense of it going badly can have the exact opposite effect. Uh, and bearing in mind, we've had um, like Mental Health Day this weekend. If you've not seen that incredible video that Norwich City have done, please, please, please go and watch it because it's possibly the best uh, advert I've ever seen in football to really encourage people to talk about their mental health. I would always encourage people to make sure that you are coming to FPL in the right way. If you're using FPL as a bit of a crutch when you don't feel uh, so well, uh, it, it's never going to help because there are so many peaks and troughs and, and the fluctuation of one emotion to the other it can often make any pre-existing sort of like issues you were perhaps dealing with like worse. It's always best to come to FPL when you're already um, well and in a good uh, place. And so, as I said, do uh, take this week as an opportunity to have a bit of a rest, some of your decision-making, uh, access um, you know some support services out there um, if mental health is something that you've got concerns about. And uh, there's some really, really good... Um, uh, push on points from that Norwich City video um, if, you, if you're looking for some actionable ways to really chase that uh, up so yeah I thought I'd just add that in because it's important to always talk about that um, uh, as well so yeah uh, and a nice little comment there on the end from Shushan um, referring to uh, we do also have some FPL heroes as well like the man behind me John Lundstrom so um, it does give us the opportunity to glorify certain individuals even more than we did before so we do always uh, enjoy that well i think we'll leave it there i think um yeah we've we've got through a lot of issues there hopefully um you guys found that uh useful and um, what are you gonna be doing with the rest of your international break mark what articles can we expect on site in the next couple of days um well certainly today we've done a frisking the fixtures for the good teams and gonna just halfway through one for the bad looking fixtures um which does uh, feature some of the teams that we've been looking at today um and yeah, going forward, yeah, as we say, it's probably going to be fewer articles, but with more content, more depth to them over the weekend and stuff. I know the other guys have got some good stuff planned. And as for Saturday and Sunday, don't don't know what to do with that spare time, but really <laughs> want to make the most of it. Yeah, uh, you have to. See people. <laughs> Engage with know. actual human beings instead of spreadsheets, right? But by that, I guess Sounds some... exhausting. <laughs> something like gotta make the most of this but then we've got another one in november so yeah yeah it's 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 nice what what, what are your plans well i may treat myself to a warhammer tournament on sunday i think uh, i don't know it's been a little bit of a while it's been a few weeks since i last played 
a little bit out of practice, but it's uh, anyone out there who plays, it's my last chance to play with my Space Marines before they um, change a lot of the rules. So it could be a bit of a, a last chance saloon and a, a glorious goodbye for my, my Space Marines. Potentially, potentially, we'll see. Uh, I need to make a decision on that. Um, but the point is I can because there's, there's no Premier League football on. So as, as you say, good opportunity to uh, relax and enjoy some of the non-footballing activities that we have in our lives. Well, uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this video. If you have, uh, hit that like button, of course. It's, uh, it's free and it's a good way to support the channel. Um, hit the subscribe button and hit that bell notification as well, because then you won't miss a thing. Um, plenty of other content we've talked about uh, on this video. Go and check that out. We've got the Harland video coming tonight. Some other videos coming up in the next few days. And that bell notification especially is going to be helpful in the international break when the schedule is a little bit different. So make sure you you don't miss a thing well with that we shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your international break and we shall see you next time goodbye hi everyone